Hi, I'm Tristan Miller, and this is Positive and Negative, a podcast about the intersectionality between mental health and the arts. Today on the program, I speak with comedian and writer Lisa Curry. Here she is, speaking about progressing through family trauma. Be kind to yourself, and be it's fucking hard to be self-aware, and sometimes it's not fun, uh, but it's necessary to growth, and... Uh, be kind to other people and be I think what's helped uh, and I just from talking to friends who've gone through shit with their family it's like knowing that yeah maybe your mom was a bitch to you when you were 15 but like maybe she comes from a cycle of abuse and maybe you should not also lash out at her this podcast is brought to you in part by Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash Tristan J. Miller to support this program and a few others like this. I'd like to thank Billy Conahan for use of the track To Be or Nah off his album Leaping with Intent to Fly. You can find that on iTunes, Bandcamp, and wherever fine music is sold. All right, let's get to the interview. So when did you start doing comedy and why? Oh. Uh... Mm-hmm. We started <laughs> right at the beginning. <laughs> Um, what kind of hospital were you born in? <laughs> yeah. uh, technically, I started comedy like 11 years ago now. Uh, and child abuse. That's what drives us all. Okay. This, right? <laughs> Some sort of childhood trauma, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's just like a light child abuse. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I uh, give different answers to different people with how I started comedy because mm-hmm. I'm like, I technically I started like 11 years ago. Well, I did improv first. So maybe 12 years ago. I don't know. I'm losing track. I did improv first for a while. And then I tried stand-up mm-hmm. 11 years ago. And then maybe did five spots in my first three years. So I like to mm-hmm. shave those years off. Sure, sure. Because I don't want somebody to see me and be like, "It's you're more impressed by my set if you're like, oh, that's eight years. Versus <laughs> like, I'll add another three years and it's like, you should have three more years of... Yeah, where's your... <laughs> Having worked, what? Yeah, what is... <laughs> um, how, like, what was the scene like? Where are you from? Uh, I'm from Indiana, and mm-hmm. I started comedy in Los Angeles, which oh, I didn't okay. realize is really difficult. Really? I didn't realize it until I left the first time. The first time I did shows outside of L.A. was in Boston, and I was like, oh, this is so easy. Not that it's like... It, not that there aren't great comics in Boston I don't mean that like obviously really good people started there Um, but LA is so difficult because like people don't give a fuck if you're not famous they don't want you they want you to actually physically die on stage (laughs) (laughs) yeah I absolutely I feel like it's kind of similar in New York as well oh really in as much as like if you go to a comedy club Mm -hmm. like they're kind of like well I know Jim Gaffigan could show up where right. is he? Right. You know, and it's like, I do well, feel like, though, the, the, what feels different to me, mm-hmm. and maybe this is uh, just a story I've told myself, <laughs> but what feels different is that clubs out here, in, in L.A., clubs also care if you're famous. We're here, mm-hmm. I feel like the, if you're solid, they're like, okay, you're great, and, and the club vouching for you yeah. puts the audience at a certain amount of ease. Sure, yeah. We're in L.A., it sometimes feels like the club's like, yeah, I mean, 
we're going to put this asshole up, but, like, just because their parents are in town, you know? And so, like, there's not a lot of trust from the audience in the club. Mm -hmm. You started in L.A. Mm -hmm. How'd you end up there from Indiana? Um, mostly because I had an aunt out there. I have an aunt out there still. I just, um... It can be both. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wish it was past tense. Uh, I'm kidding. That's really that's really mean. Well, we don't get along. She's okay. Uh, she's very conservative. Um, mm-hmm. uh, oh, so that that's part of what brought me out there because I just I didn't know anyone in New York, and I also didn't realize I didn't know shit from shit. I still don't know shit. I'm. <laughs> we're all trying to figure this yeah. out. Um, but I like my parents are so aggressively blue collar. I didn't know that like New York was the epicenter of stand-up comedy like I mm-hmm. have no fucking mm-hmm. clue and I didn't also I also didn't know I wanted to do stand-up I went to LA initially to act uh-huh. um, and then immediately hated people in my <laughs> yeah 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 classes yeah. just like people that now I take my career seriously but I don't take myself seriously oh I yeah think there's a lot of actors that are like no I'm an actor yeah. and I'm like okay, but relax though yeah yeah you're also <laughs> just Jeff you know yeah. <laughs> That's Jeff Goldblum. No. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah, Jeff Goldblum, shut the fuck up already. <laughs> uh, uh, ooh. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I, I've i slowly over the years, like, and when you're in that mindset as an actor, like, because I know I started off that mm-hmm. way, like, you don't really notice how insufferable Bless it is. Bless you. And then one day you yeah. wake up and you're wearing an ascot and you're yeah. like, what happened yeah. to me? <laughs> yeah. And, like, the more I'm, like, I like hanging around um, some comics and mostly writers because they're quiet and they yeah. will listen, you know. Yeah. Um, but that all makes sense. Uh, what made you want to act? Uh, I just always liked being an asshole. I mean, like, <laughs> 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 like, when I was a kid, I would... Yeah. My, my family is very funny. They're incredibly mm. mean. Um, but they're very funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So we were always um, insulting each other, and then I liked to put on little uh, recitals. Or uh, the more accurate thing, the more accurate description of what I did was uh, forced my friends <laughs> to put on costumes and uh, organize recitals. And sometimes I would resort to physical violence yeah. if they didn't <laughs> comply. That's hysterical. I'm sorry, Megan. <laughs> I oh. hope you're well wherever you are. Yeah. <laughs> What was it like growing up in Indiana? It was interesting. I had a I had a very um, unique childhood. Mm-hmm. I was uh, feral. My pa- when I was <laughs> <laughs> I'm still feral. Uh, <laughs> uh, my parents, when I was really little, had a bar. They owned this like dive biker bar um, that we lived across the street from, and that was like a big part of my huge part of my childhood. And then. My, my family still owns the bar, but my parents, like, sold their portion of it and then bought mm-hmm. a marina when I was, like, seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so we had that for seven years. So it was, like, a combination of, like, being a, a child in a bar and then later being a child driving a boat because I need to to, like, help the family business. That's fascinating. It was really wild. Yeah. It's like, it's now that I'm an adult and I see children, I'm like, I wouldn't trust you to tie your own shoe. Yeah. But I'm like, I had a boat license when I was nine mm-hmm. and like just taking boats out. And I was like, yeah, this is just my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That 
I absolutely understand. That's wild. It was it was really fucking weird. Um, yeah. It wasn't even. I I think the generation just above mine were like the latchkey kids, and I'm like, we didn't even have keys. We just <laughs> <laughs> we were just like coming and going and climbing into windows if need be. It was like it was madness. Yeah, so you grew up very independent then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, which is great now because now, uh, you know, I'm in my 30s and I can't stand to listen to anyone tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. And it's really, that hasn't worked out for some jobs, you yeah. know? <laughs> Luckily, with stand-up, you're your own boss, more or less. Yeah. Um, has, that, has that affected your relationships and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, not like, I don't even know if necessarily in a bad way, but I just... Um, I can't stand the idea of anyone ever telling me what to do. Yeah. And I know that, like, in some, sometimes it's necessary. Sometimes you're like, I want to work at this place. And they're like, mm-hmm. great, you have to do these things. Mm-hmm. Or what, whatever the parameters are. Or there's just compromises you have to make in your mm-hmm. life. And it's I'm, it's very hard, hard for me to... Uh, compromise on my freedom i don't there's like certain things i'll compromise on i guess but i'm, I'm very hard-headed and very independent um and that's not always fun for people around me mm-hmm. i think <laughs> i assume all right um do you think that's like benefited like not needing people around because like stand-up's pretty insular do you ever yeah. have a problem with that no i love it <laughs> i thrive in it i was actually um I was overseas for two months this year touring oh, yeah. and and everyone's like oh my god was it lonely and I'm like fuck no I w- <laughs> would do that for 10 years <laughs> amazing like the only thing that bothered me after a while is wearing the same thing over and over again mm. I'm like okay great um <laughs> here we go again with the same I've been wearing this same gray t-shirt since May 1st <laughs> like twice a week it's driving me <laughs> nuts um I have t-shirts you yeah. can just have <laughs> okay great right, yeah um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I loved it, but also I think it's um, an unfair categorization to say that I was totally alone. Unfair unfair to people that are like actually traveling alone. Because it's like, mm-hmm. I, when I'm doing stand-up every night, I'm meeting comics every night. It's like a brotherhood. It's not like... Yeah. You know. You're hanging. Yeah. You're seeing people. It's and a social like, oh, job. Yeah, it, you're immediately ingratiated. It's not like I'm an audience member just showing up at stand-up shows and the comics are like, okay, weirdo, get away from us. <laughs> you know? <laughs> not that I think people going to shows are weird. Uh, please keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, and how did that, like, does travel affect you like the physical act of traveling does that make you excited and mm, sad i love it but i've being overseas for eight weeks i yeah. learned that my max is probably six weeks my okay. maximum where i can like where i'm like still comfortable and still excited to travel is six weeks and then after that i think i'm like get me to my own fucking bed right now and mm-hmm. it, like for perspective of where i'm at <laughs> with my breaking point now i left la may 1st and today is august. not september i was gonna say september that's not yeah. correct august something 24th and i've been living out of my suitcase since then and oh like crashing gosh. around and i'm like i'm going fucking insane i would imagine yeah <laughs> and i won't even be back in my apartment till november so oh, it's no. like <laughs> 
Poor thing. Which is fun. I mean, but then the trade-off is like, I'm doing what I love, Mm -hmm. and I'm excited to do that. And I will say, not having my own place to go back to and my own, like, comfortable apartment and whatever, it, it keeps me busier like I end up I end up accomplishing way more in a few months than I would Mm -hmm. in a few months of LA where I'm like I could just go home yeah absolutely I should should take a bath tonight I should have a me night we're like that doesn't exist right now yeah can't that can't happen Mm -hmm. so it's like well I guess I'll go to another show so I can stay out of the fucking apartment because it's (laughs) two inches across you know like yeah 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 and it's like as much as you it's as much as it's exhausting and can be annoying it's also like oh well then I'm meeting more people mm-hmm. getting on more shows getting past at more clubs like whatever yeah. but you mentioned right away uh, child abuse stuff <laughs> what, what was that experience like <laughs> like you were very frank about it which I appreciate um, my family's nuts I, I love them um, but they were my parents were out of their fucking minds when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were like running a bar and then running a marina that they were in way over their heads with. It was like this humongous like ten acre thing, uh, and they like to drink. Mm. Um, That's always so. Fun. That was yeah. So it didn't. I will say, uh, being drunk all day and running a business don't really work out. Yeah, <laughs> like even Don Draper even, had a. Even when you're running a bar, would yeah. you believe uh, you need to be remotely coherent for that? Turns out. <laughs> Can't be drunk and belligerent when you're trying to r- yeah. manage people. Yeah, so they were nuts. I'm on a journey to forgive them right mm-hmm. now is a, is a way to say it. I don't I don't hate them for it anymore. Um did you? But yeah, it was... Cr- oh, yeah, I fucking hated my parents. I didn't talk to my mom for, like, three years. I, I've i had part points where I, like, didn't... I I visited them this January, and it was the first time I physically saw them in person in, like, six years. Wow. Which is weird, because parents, they start aging real fast uh-huh. when they're in their 60s. And I was like, oh, you went from, like, my parents that get around pretty well to, like, Oof. Mm-hmm. It, it was like hard to see them. Then I think that's what. Um, oh, sorry, I'm playing around with it. Nail. And I dropped it. If you can hear it, or if you didn't hear it, nothing happened. Um, <laughs> I. Uh, but they're uh, to see them now. In their current state, where like they're fragile mm-hmm. and they've aged a lot, and they're they're. It immediately flipped in my mind, like, oh, these people can't hurt, they literally cannot hurt me anymore. And I also feel sorry for them because they're like, they haven't taken great care of themselves. And so they're, especially my dad, so he's like deteriorating. And it's, it's like, oh, this person that was once like so formidable and, and who I thought was like so strong and could do anything is like, they're weak and falling apart. And you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, Okay, now now's the time for me to forgive them. Like right now, while they're alive, you know. Yeah, yeah that absolutely makes sense. It doesn't mean I think I, st- I still struggle with um, uh, certain resentments. I should say because I'll be like, "Fuck!" If I just had like, if I had had more supportive parents, I would have 
the built-in self-esteem to do X, Y, and Z thing. Mm-hmm. Or just, just, just like whatever weird insecurities will trip me up, I trace it back to like, oh, mm-hmm. that's because this fucking happened. Um, and undoing that is a lot of work. And yeah. It's like, then, then I like go down the road of like, well, fuck them for giving me this extra work, but then... I, I don't know, but then you unpack that and you start to work on it and you start to get past that that one insecurity and then you can trace back and be like, well, my parents had fucked up childhoods. And, mm-hmm. like, and, and so then they didn't have the tools to do better by me and now I'm punishing them for their fucked up childhood and lack of tools. Like, that's not... If I have the... What's the word? Uh, if I'm self-aware enough to know all of those things, then I think it's my responsibility to be forgiving. Yeah. You know, because it's like, if you don't, if you don't have that self-awareness and you don't know that somebody was doing their best and just didn't have the tools to do better, if you don't know that, then it's going to be impossible to forgive somebody. But if you know that, I think it's on you. Mm Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It's yeah. like somebody, yeah, it's yeah. like having, if you're a millionaire and you have family members that are struggling you can't financially, yeah. you know, like it's your responsibility to help, Yeah, to help them. I, I always say if you can't forgive, do. Yeah. You know, because it, it's better for you. It's better for everybody. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I think a lot of people get caught up of like, well, I want to feel this way because right. I feel slighted. It's like, well, if you just let it go. Yeah, it's I'm like you. Easier. I, I used to feel like, well, I need an apology or I yeah. need something. I need these wrongs righted. It, but it's not. It's not going to happen. And when I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and it's it's like it's not not going to happen because they have because they're able to and unwilling. It's mm-hmm. not going to happen because they're unable to. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's like. Again, it's like I think it's it's easier to to think of it in terms of money or to explain it in terms mm-hmm. of money because people think like, well, if I have the tools, if I'm thinking these thoughts, then you have you're capable of thinking these thoughts. And it's like, no, but they're not. Yeah. They're they're not. They're wired differently and like be thankful that you're you're wired the way you are. Like be mm-hmm. thankful that you have this wealth of tools and knowledge. Mm-hmm. And um I don't know. Yeah. Be generous with that. Yeah. How have you gotten all those tools in your tool belt? Like, I don't know. Just a lot of... I think I'm of somebody that's very self-aware. Okay. And I... Uh, to my own detriment sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You have to find that beautiful balance of self-awareness Rick versus self-consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. It's like... like uh, <laughs> um... I don't know. It's 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 still it's a work in progress. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's something that I'm like I think about a lot. Yeah. Too. Do you like? Have you ever gone to therapy or anything like that? Yeah, I went years ago for a little while, um, and then it just got too pricey. So somebody please mm-hmm. give me a union <laughs> writing job so I can go to fucking therapy. <laughs> I tell you, I, I could... just want health insurance. <laughs> <laughs> I was so. I was so, like, that's, of course, that's the case. The two things that, like, SAG will absolutely cover is dental and mental. And I'm like, that <laughs> absolutely <laughs> tracks. It's like, yeah, you need dental implants and you need to not go insane to be an actor. Yeah. 
but you're gonna try um yeah. that makes sense does has that uh, all that difficult stuff like stopped you from being creative and performing at any point yeah absolutely Come like always. especially in the beginning um i mean like i said i did my first like few years of stand-up I don't like to count because I had I only did like five spots in three years because mm-hmm. as much as I wanted to do it, I was just terrified of failing. Yeah. And so, but what happens when you're scared of failing, when that's your driving force is fear of failure. I, in, I think you can have a little bit of fear, I should say. Mm-hmm. Because I think it, if it's on the right track in your brain, it can push you... Yeah. It, it can be a motivator. Yeah, you can always, you're aware way. that you can always be better. Yes. Yeah. Yes, or like a fear of, you can ha- have a fear of like uh, being decrepit when you're old and it keeps mm. you eating healthy and working out. Yeah. In the, but there's also the fear, a fear can go down a different track in your mind where it, it, stops you from doing anything Mm -hmm. you know and i did i wasted years of like well like always feeling like i wasn't good enough for everything so what i would do is like just do a little bit of this thing over here and a little bit of that thing over there so like i did this shit when i first started stand up and i was still like doing sketch and improv pretty regularly so i was performing because i was doing shows at second city but i would do this shit where like i would half-ass a stand-up show and then i'd be like my excuse to myself would be like well i'm just more of an improviser uh-huh. that's what that is and then i would half-ass an improv show and i'd be like well, i'm not like really an improviser i'm more of a stand-up that's why yeah <laughs> and it would like i would do this with everything and it was like moving this little ball around and being like well no actually i'm just not mm-hmm. see the thing is it's not because I'm fucking terrified of actually being sincere and giving this 100%. It's because I'm just not this thing. I'm the other thing. And it's like, it's such an absurd... Yeah. But I, I, I'm so thankful that I realized that. And like, not just realized it, but like held myself accountable. Like, stop doing that fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Just, just, just do put it. more effort into the thing. Yeah. Or... or have the nerve to admit like yeah i haven't put a lot of effort into that that's why it sucks right now yeah because i've been failing myself you know and i think until you're willing to uh admit that you're gonna keep doing that same fucking thing like i see friends of mine doing that now that are like well i mean (sighs) what i really want to do is direct yeah (laughs) yeah with every fucking thing yeah it's like Okay, I'll I'll accept this lie along with you, but just know like you're holding yourself back. You're the only yeah. one in charge of that. Yeah, and that's scary for people. I think. Yeah. But like, because there's this, there's two truths. Like you're not in charge of your life at all because you there's so little you can control. But the things you are in charge of, you are in charge of, and yeah. you have to like own that. Yeah, I absolutely can understand that mindset. I think there's a lot of and like I kind of faced a similar thing of there's a lot of shame wanting to be a performer and entertainer Mm -hmm. and an artist in this you know in america because it's viewed as like selfish yeah a lot of the time 
And so I think a lot of people have a hard time actually committing to it. Yeah. Because they're like, well, I should get a real job. And like my parents right. wouldn't be proud of me if they know like, that I'm doing this. If you want to do it, just do it and right. do it a hundred percent. And you're more likely to succeed and be yeah. less embarrassed. Well, and it's like, there's, there's no real job. That's not, I, I to me. And I, I think I thought that forever because again, because my family is like super blue collar and they're like, mm-hmm. this is. A, a quote real job is where you show up and you work at a factory and it's like well that's fuck that <laughs> first yeah, of all yeah. you're killing yourself you have black lung disease a hundred percent i promise you you do mm-hmm. uh and secondly it's like what kind of where are you contributing more if you're mm-hmm. if you're like because i think there is this like m- most people have the mentality of like you're if you're doing like a nine to five job, that's a real job. Yeah. But it's like, what are you actually contributing there? You're showing up, you're getting a paycheck from a company. You're, you may hate your life and are doing the bare minimum. That's not, you're not, that's not, um, that's not productive. It's not productive. It's not, you're not anybody's fucking savior because you do that. Where like, if you are doing something creative if you do what if you thrive if you're somebody like i'm just gonna throw out nikki glazer because that yeah like nikki has succeeded to the point where she has created jobs for tons of other people yeah i mean between her shows she's created jobs for hundreds of people so Mm -hmm. it's like which it's unfair to then say well that that's not a real job or that's not or that's less important than somebody clocking in an insurance company it's like well the person if i don't think one is better than the other do your fucking do whatever is good for you and we can't all do the same thing but it's like but definitely don't tell me my thing is less important yeah because when i succeed at it i will employ more people (laughs) yeah Yeah. i will give back i will end up having done more you know yeah absolutely and I've always thought of like part of you know part of entertainment is trying to get back to a community like you find a community and you try or art in general if you want Mm -hmm. to call it that but yeah um I've heard some of your set and you do talk a little bit about like your childhood Mm -hmm. on stage (laughs) just a little bit yeah um how did you come to that decision and how do you go about making it funny I Initially, I started doing, um, when I first started, two reasons I do a lot of personal stuff. One, it's fucking easier to remember. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how somebody like, yeah. how did Mitch Hedberg do that? How does Dave Attell do what he does? Yeah. How does Jimmy Carr... Jimmy Carr's last special is has got to be 4,000 jokes long. Yeah. And it's all, it's like rapid fire one-liners or like set up punch fucking in not and they're not connected and it's like my brain melted watching it because i'm like how do you is are you reading a teleprompter i don't understand (laughs) yeah jesus you know so like that's (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely just to remember it um and two i don't know why i was so concerned with this when i was starting nobody's listen if you're five years into stand-up nobody's trying to steal your stand-up and if they do, let them have it and write something new because it's bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was 
like, so concerned with like people stealing, and I'm like, well, if I do really personal stuff, they can't steal it. I mean, uh, they could, but it would be real fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It wouldn't ring true, and people would notice. Like you can, yeah. if you want, listen. I just recorded an album, and once it's out, take whatever you'd like from it. You know, <laughs> I'll show up and be like, I was born in Indiana, and as a woman, it was very difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That, um, but how do you go about like turning trauma into humor? I don't. I think it was always a little funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean that's good. Like, like that's a decent coping mechanism. Not like fuck. I feel the. I feel like the best example I've seen of it in is I've seen of my own perspective in media is like. I did you see I Tanya? No, no. I'm sorry. It's I fucking love that movie so much, uh, and I. You watch it, and she's she her and her boy her boyfriend had this fucking crazy abusive relationship, and her and her mom had a terrible relationship, and then but but these people are but there's so such good funny moments in all of it, and I think that that was like. Like I said, my, my family was... They're fucking mean. They're so mean. <laughs> but they're so funny. <laughs> and it's like sometimes... I, I think because of the way my family is, like we were always able to like... See like this, this bad thing is happening. Or there's this tense situation. But isn't it also ridiculous that this thing happened? Yeah. Do you... Do you, I don't know if that... I never know if I'm, like, articulating things very well, but, like... No, that absolutely makes sense, because, like, I think a lot of, like, negative things mm -hmm. are just absurd when you look at... Like, most of life is absurd. Yeah. If you really stop and think about it. But specifically, when people are behaving in a way that kind of just doesn't make sense right. as well, like, yeah, that's got to be, like, what is... Right. What is happening here? Or, like, I mean, to because I don't want to put anybody in my family on uh, such a specific blast <laughs> but like for myself I was a psychotic teenager because I mean my f family was crazy and mm -hmm. so then I was fucking crazy and I have a temper mm -hmm. and I did shit like I punched out windows that's yeah that's psychotic <laughs> but also hysterical to think of like you know, a 13-year-old yeah. girl or whatever just being like, yeah! And <laughs> raging out and punching out a window. It's like, that's... What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that dissonance is strange. Yeah. But I think in that... It, 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 there's such a quick turnover in my mind and in I think in a lot of people in my family where it's like... It, it Im almost immediately goes from like, what the fuck are you doing? This is scary to what in the hell that is hysterical. Mm -hmm. I can't believe you just did that thing. Do you? I don't know. Yeah. It's just yeah, like yeah. We flip that switch so quickly. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, that, that does make sense. Um, if do you have you ever had any like alcohol abuse problems or anything like that? Look, not myself. Yeah. Most of my family. Yeah. Is that because like, do you abstain because there's that family no. factor? No, but I try to be aware of, uh, like, drinking, drinking because I want to drink versus drinking because it's medicinal. Yeah. You know, I, or, like, just habitual, like, I, I will oftentimes not, uh, 
get drinks at a comedy show because mm-hmm. I'm just if I'm doing shows every night and say six shows in a row give me drink tickets the first yeah. night I might be like oh it's hot out I want a beer or like mm-hmm. whatever I'm not driving anywhere but then I think it's really easy to just be like somebody hands you a drink ticket and it's like Pavlovian where you're yeah. like well I get a drink now mm-hmm. so I all this to say this is like the most complicated way to say like I try to be very aware of like do I really want to have a drink or am I just getting one because you're handing me a ticket and I'm mm-hmm. just used to just turning around and being like well okay I guess I'll have a beer because yeah. it's free it's like that's not a that's 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 not a good reason. Yeah, I really overthink it a lot. <laughs> that seems to be a running theme with you. Yeah. Um, are you an anxious person? Yeah, I'm yeah. really anxious. <laughs> are you anxious right now? No. no um, but how do you deal with that? How do you cope? Um, uh, punching I, out windows. Punching out windows. God, I miss that. Actually, <laughs> there is something about like when you have the same behavior and you think it's normal that like. Once you, like, kind of get your act together, you're like, I do, I do just God, really miss so yelling at people. Fuck, just, like, just it's so cathartic to just, like, tear something apart or, like, mm-hmm. throw a chair across a room. It's like, it doesn't... I was talking to my, my friend Graham about this years ago because he had also had rage issues. Sorry, Graham. Um, <laughs> but, like, he had rage issues as a kid and he would talk... We would talk about how you would do something fucking crazy or break something... And he said that he always felt guilty immediately afterwards. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I never, never, not once, I don't think, <laughs> felt guilty. I, like, felt guilty about, like, hitting my little brother. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm you like, should. oh, that's, I shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. But, like, punching out a window, fucking, if you haven't done it, try it. <laughs> try it. But do, like, an old, like, a 100-year-old building. Like, get one of those, like, real paper-thin windows. But not, like, a national monument. Because then the government yeah, will come after like, you. Yeah, not, like, double-paned glass. I mean, yeah. like, something really thin. It's satisfying. The sound isn't great on, like, really thin glass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're a connoisseur, a sommelier of shattering windows. Uh, there's, I think, a room still around in New York where you can go and you can just break whatever you want. Oh, that sounds And you, like, pay amazing. 50 bucks and you can just go crazy oh, for like uh, 45 minutes. I tear the roof off the building. Yeah, like, that's not what we meant. You just put an, I, an IED and then walk away. <laughs> yeah. um, but how do you cope with anxiety, oh, actually? Yeah. Um, I uh, do yoga mm-hmm. and uh, I hike. Working out is like my cutting. Like I like it to hurt. Like I will like to push myself yeah. and do the hardest class because I'm like... I. The pain is distracting from my anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah. That's that's it. Okay. Morning pages sometimes, although I'm not consistent with it. What is that? Well, it's from... I think it's from The Artist's Way, I which I never read. Um, but I know a lot of people do morning pages, which is you write three pages freehand first thing in the morning. But it has to be, like, actually physically writing. It can't be typing. And it's three pages top to bottom. Not, like, back and forth. Not six actual pages it's three mm. no more no less and you just write whatever bullshit is in your brain in whatever order so mm-hmm. it gets so it can kind of turn into journaling at certain points mm-hmm. but it's mostly like just it's like free association whatever mm-hmm. nonsense comes into your head and it helps a lot because i feel like sometimes i'll wake up and i'm like oh fuck like i gotta pay my bills or whatever but like once you write it down it gets it out of your body yeah I have so often woken up and been like, oh, I 
haven't done enough and it's like it's been five minutes yeah you kind of set yourself up for like i've already failed yeah yeah well fuck this it's i woke up at 10 30 instead of 10 and um yeah my whole life is ruined yeah <laughs> based off of these seven minutes in between hitting snooze yeah yeah absolutely um what's your experience with yoga like for like what is it? Mindfulness? Is it like that thing? Or um, is it just like, I'm stretching, so I'm thinking about moving my body? Well, I do. I will say I try to do the hardest class available mm-hmm. whenever I go. Um, because it's to not be able to do something and be struggling and like really have to focus is distracting from my own personal bullshit. And um, I just feel like doing that and working out, especially like first thing in the morning, really sets me up for the day. Mm-hmm. Um it's nice, although I don't like the... I'm not really into the chanting. Once it starts, like, kind of dipping into more religious practice, I'm like, no, thanks. <laughs> I'm not here for that. I just wanted to hurt myself. Um, <laughs> but in a way that society deems okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I just want to do, bit. like, you know, constructive social cutting. <laughs> yeah. That is the, the name of your next album, I think. Uh, yeah. yeah. How do you go about writing jokes in general, though? This is just personal curiosity. Oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you just say... Just whatever seems ridiculous to me, I'll, like, jot it down, and then um, I'll initially try to form a thought or about it on stage. Okay. But then I only recently, like, in the last couple of years, started to uh, be more studious I guess with my stand up where I'll sit down and look at it and treat it like it's a writing packet because I do put so much effort into like uh, trying to get hired in a fucking show someone help Uh, (laughs) but like I put so much effort into that and then I noticed I was being a little bit lazier with my stand up Mm -hmm. again you know because I'm more of an improviser and (laughs) (laughs) so so I I found that like blending that writing on stage and also sitting down and actually looking at things and going okay I need this needs one more punchline this is weak you know Mm -hmm. Um, it helps do you think of yourself more as a writer unless it was stand up I don't know I love stand up so much I want to think of myself as more of a stand up but it just depends on where my confidence is yeah in that moment yeah, because if I feel confident that that my right now in my journey of my career uh, currently, the I think obviously the more confident you are, the better you're going to be anyway. But um, I think my style on stage will be completely different if I feel really confident yeah. or not as confident. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm not as confident, it's like slower more um careful mm-hmm. where if i'm confident it's like it's a little bit more f- frenetic yeah and faster mm-hmm. because i'm like because i'm not slowing down to make sure that everything i say pleases the audience i'm like you're gonna like this yeah you know and how have you curated that confidence or are you like how are you working towards that no, uh, it's a daily. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a grind, man. Yeah, it's, that's uh, that takes practice every single fucking day, um, and I think that that feeds back into the like not um, drinking a lot or 
like being mindful of how I take care of myself. Yeah. Or like what I'm feeding my body. This sounds really. I sound like a nutcase right now, uh, <laughs> but I it I think people underestimate how much everything you do and experience feeds into your mind. Yeah. Whether you're like like eating junk food or drinking or staying up late or like adding extra hurdles to your life by causing chaos in your social yeah relationships, you know, or yeah. just adding not taking care fun. of your body or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree a hundred percent. I remember I was talking to a friend at the time and I was like, well, cause he has a hard time sleeping at proper intervals. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, just train your brain to like fall asleep when it's dark out. Mm-hmm. And get up when it's light out because that's how we're meant to. Yeah. And he was like, "Well, time is arbitrary." I'm like, "That's fine. You can believe time is a construct, but like, <laughs> you need vitamin D. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> like you have to take care of yourself, my yeah, guy. Yeah, you're like, okay, so two o'clock is made up, but daylight yes. is not. You know what I mean? <laughs> two o'clock is made up. That's very funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, that absolutely makes sense. And, like, I've been trying to eat better and better and exercise. Yeah. Really. Like, and it just does help. Right. I don't know what to tell you. Like, it, we're meant to be active animals. Yeah. Like... I didn't... Leading up to my um, album recording, I didn't drink for the three weeks mm-hmm. prior just to sharpen up my brain. And it, it fucking it makes a huge difference. Yeah. But I still... It makes a huge difference, but in the reason... But the reason I'm not... I don't just never drink is because it's like it's also fun to have a cocktail and like just enjoy your life mm-hmm. and I don't want uh, I don't have any desire to be one of those people that's like I am a machine and I am sharp at all times it's like okay well f- but have fun too yeah <laughs> you know relax. like have some potato salad you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh um, what would your biggest piece of advice to someone who's like trying to do a similar thing to you and is is gone? Good through? luck, bitch. Um, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> or is like waded through weird family stuff, like um, uh, specifically. I would say uh, be kind to yourself and be. It's fucking hard to be self aware, and sometimes it's not fun, uh, but it's necessary to growth and. Uh, be kind to other people and be I think what's helped uh, and I just from talking to friends who've gone through shit with their family it's like knowing that yeah maybe your mom was a bitch to you when you were 15 but like maybe she comes from a cycle of abuse and maybe you should not also lash out at her and Mm -hmm. like I, I think also Knowing that other people's bullshit is not your bullshit. Like, my dad has said some pretty mean things to me. Um, but I also know he's he has his own insecurities. And so I think, I think once doing the work of, like, forgiving people and also doing the work simultaneously of, like, building up your own confidence and your own self-worth and your own... Um, Autonomy. So you're like, well, I'm, you, you can say whatever you need to say about me. And that's only a reflection on you. Like once Mm -hmm. I think also fake it till you make it with that. Like you Mm -hmm. can tell yourself, you know what? 
sticks and stones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's not... This is... Your insults just mean, like, you're miserable. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to believe it for a long time. But then yeah. once... It, if you keep doing the work, you'll eventually believe it. And it... And know it. And know that that's true. Yeah. That makes does sense. that make sense? Yeah. It absolutely okay. does. <laughs> I want to thank you very much for doing this. It's been yeah. a pleasure yeah. talking to you. It's It's been great talking to you, too.